You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Let's claim the promises God has for us. Find out how we can grow in faith in week four of Dare to Believe. We're in the middle of our series called Dare to Believe. How, how many of you here have been enjoying this series so far? Yeah? Yeah? Dare to believe. We dare to believe God for the impossible because we know that with God, all things are possible. Amen? Today, we'll be talking about Zilofehad's daughters, faith to claim. I had to say, uh, Zilofehad, 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 many times. Medyo tongue twister, Zilofehad. But if you hear me say, Zilofehad, uh, please, uh, uh, just be patient, alright? Say that with me, try me, Zilofehad. Again, Zilofehad. Zilofehad, there you go, there you go. Who are these daughters of Zilofehad? And who is Z- uh, Zilofehad? Um... Well, this is one of the narratives in the Bible that's easy to overlook. But today, as we look at this account, we will discover some gems, uh, gems of faith that will stir up our hearts and uh, enable us to have the faith to claim. Before we look into the account of the daughters of Zelophehad that's found in Numbers chapter 27, let me set the stage up. Numbers chapter 26 is, is our prelude. To this event, the Israelites, we know that they've been delivered or God has delivered them out from the land of bondage in Egypt. But because of their disobedience, because of their stiff-neckedness, because of their rebelliousness, uh, they wandered uh, around the wilderness for 40 years. But in spite of their shortcoming, God remained faithful. God did not leave them. God did not forsake them. Pillar of uh, a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. God provided manna in the morning, quail in the evening. Their garments and their sandals did not wear out. It's because of the goodness of God. Amen? And that's what we really celebrate. We celebrate the goodness of God in spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done, in spite of the many, many shortcomings we have. God's love for each and every one of us remains unshakable. Amen? Why don't we give God praise? Thank you, Lord, for your love that endures forever. So there there they are, 40 years in the wilderness, and they're about to enter the promised land. At last, it is about time. They waited long enough. They're about to enter. They are at the plains of Moab, beside the river Jordan, at Jericho. They're already there. They just need to cross. They'll be stepping uh, into the, the promised land. They're about to cross the river Jordan and step into uh, Jericho. So if that's a map, they're about there, right there. It's about to cross. So that's where they are right now. But God even told Moses, prepare. Prepare to enter the promised land. So God instructed Moses, go and have a census. Okay? So the census had two purposes. One, is to uh, account all the fighting men. The men who will go in and possess the promised land. You see, even if this a promise from God, it is still an act of faith on our behalf to get up, suit up, and show up. Amen? We have to, that's our act of faith. If we believe in the promise of God, then we show up. So they're about to show up, they're about to gear up fighting men. Why? Because it's a double-walled city of, of, of Jericho. They're about to enter the promised land. There is resistance in the promise. The next purpose for the census is uh, to divide the land. 
they haven't gone into the promised land. They haven't occupied uh, the land, but they're already talking about dividing the land. So if you're a big tribe, you get a big portion of the land. If you're a small tribe, then you get a small portion. So that is what they're talking about in Numbers 26, about the inheritance, about getting the land. And now we will jump into the account of Numbers chapter 27, when, where we will encounter the daughters of Zelophehad. Here we go. Our main text for this afternoon is Numbers 27, verses 1 to 7. Then draw near the daughters of Zelophehad, the sons of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh, the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of his daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priests and before the chiefs and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company that those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin. He had no sons. Verse 4. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord said to Moses, verse 7, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your word. Lord, your word may seem long, long ago and far away, but Lord, we know that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore, and that your words will remain forever. Lord, thank you, Lord God. Lord, would you release a blessing to each and every one of us as we meditate upon your words, Lord, and let our hearts increase in faith to trust and believe that you are God, and with you, all things are possible. We bless you, Lord, and this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we read the account in Numbers 27, we catch a glimpse of who Zelophehad is. And sino ba mga daughters? Who are these daughters of Zelophehad? Well, number one, we understand that Zelophehad came from the lineage of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. Sino si Joseph? Joseph the dreamer. Joseph was sold uh, as a slave, you know the account, right? Sold as a slave of Potiphar and then was thrown to the prison and somehow because of God's uh, sovereign plan, he found himself in, in, in the palace where he ministered and uh, uh, ministered to Pharaoh. And that's Joseph. Joseph had two sons, one Ephraim and next is Manasseh. So Zelophehad came from that lineage of Manasseh from Joseph. So his great, 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 great. I don't know how great, but his great-grandfather was Joseph the Dreamer. Oh, laka sa lolo ko, Joseph the Dreamer. Oh, Zelophehad died in the wilderness. He had no sons, but he had five daughters. And their names are Mala, Noah, Milka, Hogla, and Tirzah. During that time, I talk about uh, inheritance, remember? That's the plot. That's the, that's, the, that's the scene. That's the scenario. Daughters were not allowed to inherit properties. 
they were facing, these daughters of Selophahad uh, were facing unfavorable uh, circumstances. Why? Because of the ancient Near uh, East culture. Let me show you. Ancient Near East culture is a highly patriarchal society. Yan. Considered to be the most male-dominant culture in the whole world at that time. Women had no significant position in society, none in government, none in business, not even in religion. Men were always the head. Women had no voice. Women were considered property. And property cannot have property. They were not allowed to have an inheritance. So that's the situation. That's the culture. When I was sharing uh, today's preaching with my wife, she says, oh, parang ano lang yan, parang Pride and Prejudice. No? Are you familiar with the book, Pride and Prejudice, right? Mr. Bennett has five daughters, right? And uh, their estate is at risk. Baka mawala yung estate because no one will inherit. So parang Pride and Prejudice lang yan. But there's more. Women were not also not part of uh, the census. They were not counted. We see a glimpse of this even in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 21, at the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus ministered to the multitude, but in verse uh, 21 of chapter 14 of Matthew, it says, 5,000 men not counting women and children. The daughters of Zelophehad uh, changed the law of inheritance uh, of, of uh, law of uh, inheritance for Israel forever. The odds were against them. They were counterculture. They had no value, no name, no voice, but they had audacious faith. They have audacious faith. They have, they're standing on the promise of God. Audacious faith stands on the promise despite the circumstances. Faith stands amidst the pressure, amidst the culture, amidst the environment or what society says. Faith simply stands on the Word of God. Amen? Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Dare to Believe series is about us having audacious faith. For us to have the faith to overcome our situations and for us to have the boldness to believe in the impossible things that only God can provide. Join with me, Numbers chapter 27, verse 2 to 4. They stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priests, and before the chiefs and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah but died in his own sin. He had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. These women, the daughters of Zelophehad, stood before the leaders. They stood before the elders, before the chiefs, when they had no right. That culture at that particular time, they had no voice. They stood before the elders. They broke the cultural protocol. They had the audacity to contend for the promise. When they don't have anything, uh, they, don't have, they can't get the promise on their own. Culture dictates they will not have an inheritance. But they stood and believed 
in the promise of God. They were at the same standing as, as, the, as the fighting men because the basis of the inheritance for the fighting men or for the daughters of Zelophehad were the same. The basis is the promise, the word of God. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So they stood up because they knew the promise. They knew the promise of God. They knew about the promise inheritance. They were not ignorant. They were aware. They heard about the promise. Although they have not yet entered the promised land, they know the promise and they know the promise giver. The promise giver is God and they know that God is faithful. Now, how did they know that God is faithful? Well, 40 years in the wilderness proves the faithfulness of God. God did not leave them. God did not forsake them. God sustained them for 40 years. And so they believe that the God who made the promise is the God who will fulfill that promise. They held on. They remembered 40 years ago, the promise was made. Just a while ago, uh, JJ uh, ministered to us, exhorted with that verse, wait on the Lord. Amen? Wait on the Lord for, the, for we believe that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Let me show you when the promise happened. This happened in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. This is the time when God encountered Moses. Moses was standing the sheep, minding his own business, and then suddenly, say with me, suddenly. Again, suddenly. A burning bush. As Moses looked at the burning bush, the bush was not consumed. And that attracted Moses. And as Moses drew near to the burning bush, God encountered Moses. Can you imagine God Almighty, creator of heaven and of earth, would encounter Moses and would reveal his heart to Moses. God revealing his desires to Moses. God revealing his plans to Moses. Can you imagine that? We'll see this account in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. Verse 7, the Lord, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all the sites. That's the promise of God. God says to Moses, parang nagpa-counseling si God kay Moses. Can you imagine that? God revealing His heart to man. He says, I have seen their affliction. I have heard their cries. I know their suffering. And this is what I'm about to do. It is as if God was saying, Moses, I have this burden. Ito ang burden ko. And this is what I'm about to do. I will bring them out from, from that land and bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. That was 40 years ago. God revealed His heart to Moses. God's desire, God's will, God's plan, God's promise originated from the heart of God. Amen? The promises of God reveal the nature and the heart of God. 
sometimes when we go through life and looking for a promise of God, sometimes we don't find a specific promise for our specific need or a particular need. If we don't find that promise, we can always trust in the goodness of God's heart. Unfortunately, many Christians today, they are not familiar and they don't know about the heart of God. They don't know about the promises of God. Simply because the heart of God is revealed through His Word, primarily through His Word. We need to be in the Word. We need to be reading our Bibles. It's not enough that we just open up our Bibles every Sunday. Amen. We need God's Word. Man will not live by bread alone, but in every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God. That's the revelation of God. Again, faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. We need faith. Amen? Audacious faith. Faith to believe God. Say with me, 40 years? Is 40 years a long time? Yeah? 40 years? Parang na-traffic ka sa South Superhighway, 40 years. Tagal, ano? 40 years is a long time. See, from the time the promise was given to the time that the promise will be fulfilled, it took 40 years. And that's a long time. It's not always instant when God gives you a promise. It's instant. Ngayon na, kailangan na. In our culture today, we like things to be fast. We like things to be convenient. We like things to be instant. We like microwaving, fast food. We're in, the, we're in the business of microwaving, well, but God is in the business of marinating. Uh-huh. We're in the business of microwaving, but God is in the business of marinating. It's the preparation of the heart. Not all things are instant. We are to be faithful. We are to hold on at the promise of God. Holding on to the promise of God. Waiting upon the Lord. Being faithful. Trusting believing in the Word of God no matter what because we know that we know that we know that He who has promised is faithful to complete it. Amen? I'd like to share a verse here, uh, an account of Abraham. Abraham also received a promise from God and it was not instant. In Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21, it says there this, verse 19, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong. Say with me, grew strong. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he has promise. God's word is dependable. Let's have faith in God. No matter what, let us dare to believe. Dare to believe. He is faithful. God is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. If you made the promise, He will fulfill it. I'd like to share another verse found in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. This is coming from the contemporary English version Verse 2, then the Lord said to me, I will give you my message in the form of a vision. Write it clearly enough to be read at a glance. At the time that I have decided, my words will come true. God has His timing. 
He knows when His word is about to come true. He decides the timing when, when the promise is about to be fulfilled. At the time that I have decided, my words will come true. It doesn't mean that God forgot His promise. It's that God is building our faith. What if we live in a world when all that we have is available? Our ideal jobs, ideal relationships, ideal health, ideal homes, ideal car, cars. What if everything was set right? We, all, we, we have everything that we need, our ideal bank account. Bank accounts. How would our faith be? How would our faith be? But we need to build faith. We need to, to exercise faith. We need to, to persevere. Because the time the promise is given to the time the promise is fulfilled, we hold on because we believe that the promise giver is faithful. Amen? God is growing our faith muscles, right? Daring to believe. Those who wait upon the Lord, those who hope upon the Lord, I was reminded of this verse, like Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Waiting upon the Lord. Trusting, believing, being steadfast. Do you have a promise from God? Yeah? Do you have a promise from God? Holding on to a promise from God? In your heart of hearts, there's a promise. I have some verses here. Can you tell me what this promise is? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call upon me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not even know. Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your entire household. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Amen. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Isaiah 53, verse 5. By His wounds we are healed. Amen. The promises of God. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and shall be opened unto you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? The promises of God. These are our inheritance. The promises of God. Do you have a promise in your heart? Is it taking a long time? Are you losing heart? Are you beginning to doubt because of the situation, because of the circumstance? Are you beginning to doubt that the promise will ever come to pass? Is it because of what you see? Maybe the pain is real. The situation is dark. But let us not count God out yet. He is faithful no matter what the situation is. No matter what we feel, He is faithful. Amen? Maybe some of you know this already. Last year, April 2015, my wife suffered uh, a ruptured brain aneurysm. You know that that's not a good thing, right? So I had to rush my wife uh, uh, to the hospital. When we got there, uh, the doctor said that she, his, she is already suffering from hydrocephalus of blood. And so 
they needed to operate on her. She needed brain surgery right away to clamp down on that brain aneurysm. But even after the brain surgery, doctors said she would still be in critical condition, 10 days critical ICU. They need to observe because uh, there's a next procedure that needs to happen. The second procedure is to drain the blood from her, from her, from her brain. Since day one in the ICU, she really suffered so much pain. We were not sleeping. We're not able to sleep. We're up. And um, we're always looking at the nurse's station, anticipating the pain medication to be administered. My role was to follow up and follow up and follow up. Nurse, pwede na ba? Pwede na ba? Maglagay ng ano? Anong, anong pwedeng pain meds ang pwede? It was really that bad. On the fifth day, Supposed to have, uh, the fifth day is the schedule for the second CT scan to see how her brain is responding to the surgery. On the fifth day, the pain even increased. The situation uh, became worse. So we had that conversation and he says, um, I'm, I'm tired of the pain. Uh, I haven't been sleeping for four days. Sleep in pain, wake up in pain. Uh, pain is so much, it's so hard to bear. And uh, because of the pain, uh, she says, I don't think I'm getting better. Uh, I, I feel that I'm getting worse. But it's also the time when it's a scheduled uh, city scan. So we rolled her out uh, of ICU to go to the city scan uh, area. Doctors were with us to see the results right away. So right after the CT scan, doctors got the result and doctors said that her brain miraculously absorbed the blood and therefore there's no need to operate the second time to drain the blood of of her hydrocephalus. Amen? Praise God. God is good. God is great. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of an ugly situation, Maybe the situation is really dark and the pain is really real and it's only getting darker and the pain is getting worse. Don't count God out because He is working behind the scenes regardless of what we feel. Let's put our trust in God. He is good and He is in complete control. Even when the pain is real, God remains to be good. Amen? Amen. Let's give God praise. God is good. Audacious faith claims God's promises. Numbers chapter 27, starting from verse 4. Give us a possession among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them, these women claimed and demanded for the promise. They were sure of the inheritance. Remember, they have not yet crossed the Jordan River. They have not yet stepped into the promised land. They still have to fight. They still have to gain. But yet they were sure that the land will be conquered. They were sure that they will gain the inheritance. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says... Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. They had 
faith, they believe. So audacious faith, they says, give us the possession among our father's brothers. Wala pa nga eh. Kiniklaim na. Amen? Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses. And that's amazing. The Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. Amend the constitution. Change the policy. Change the inheritance law. Amen? These things are impossible. But all things are possible with God. God made a way. Amen? God made a way. There's... They were holding on to nothing except the promise of God. They don't have the rights to claim for that. Why? Because the law at that particular time states that women or daughters will not inherit the land. But they had audacious faith to claim the promise. They believe and it was granted to them. God's approval upon the request uh, stamps the mark. They are right. And by God's goodness and by God's grace, they receive. He extends, God extends grace to the humble. You see, their request for the land was not the boasting of the proud, but it was the cry of the weak. Give us that land. They're appealing to the goodness of God. Lord, I know there is no provision. I know we, we don't have the right to that inheritance. I am just appealing to the goodness of your heart. Lord, give us the land as you have promised. And God gives grace, amen, to the humble. In our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. That's how good God is, amen? That's how good He is. They believe in the goodness of God. They believe in the promise and they believe in the goodness of God. What they were asking for is not based on their goodness. It's not based on their credentials. But it is based on the goodness of God. It is based on the credentials of God. They had no rights. But they had faith. And they believed in the promise. They believed in God. Many times... Maybe we think we are blessed because of our credentials, because we perform really, really good. And we think to ourselves, oh, I deserve the blessings of God. But the Bible says no one is good, not even one. You see, many times we are blessed not because we are good. We are blessed because God is good. Amen? Praise God. He is good. Can you look at the person beside you and say, God is so good? In spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done, many times we drop the ball, we bungled, we fall. God's love remains. His love endures forever. And we give God praise. That's the reason we come together. We worship together. We give Him praise because He is good. Another verse I'd like to show you this afternoon is found in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, can you say His will? If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. 
And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. God's will, according to the will of God. You see, the will of God, the plans of God, the purposes of God are evidences or expressions of His heart, of His goodness. God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And God says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, a familiar verse. It says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let us trust in the Lord. Let us believe in God. Let us have faith in Him. He is God. He is good. And He is sovereign over our lives. Amen? Another verse in, is found in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. It says, Therefore I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus in the Bible. Do you dare to believe? Believe and claim. If you don't believe, then there's nothing to claim. Audacious faith believes and claims the promises of God. Again, it is and will always be based on the goodness of God. It is by His grace. It is and always will be based on the goodness of God. Not on our goodness, not on our credentials, but on the mercy and the goodness of God. By His grace. We need to trust and believe in the goodness of God. Sometimes we ask ourselves, uh, is God really good? What is the evidence of uh, God's goodness? What is the evidence that, that He cares for me? What is the evidence that He loves me? Is it every time that when I park in Festival Mall, I have a space to park? Is that evidence of God's goodness? Amen? Is it the amount of money in my ATM? Is that the evidence of God's goodness? Yes. What if walang laman ng ATM? What if 40 years kang paikot-ikot naghahanap ng parking dito sa festival mall? Does that mean that God is not good? If you want to see the goodness of God, if you want to see the full expression of His love, you look no further. Don't look to the ATM. Don't look to the parking lot. Look at the cross. Look at the cross of Jesus. There it is displayed. Thank you, Lord. There it is displayed. The love of God for you and for me, that God gave His only Son to take our place upon that cross. He paid the penalties of our sin. He took away our sins, gave us His righteousness. That's the expression of the goodness of God. If you can believe God for your salvation, you can believe God for His provision, you can believe God for His healing, you can believe God for His protection. Amen? Because He gave the very best. He gave Jesus. Will He not give what we need when He already, he already gave His very best? Thank you, Lord. I'd like to ask all of you to stand right now as we close in prayer. Lord, thank You for Your goodness. In spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done, your love remains, Lord. We thank you.
we thank you, Lord God. Lord, we need to move in our midst, Lord God. Give us the assurance, Lord God, of your goodness, the assurance of your love, Lord, so that we can stand on your promises, Lord. For all of your promises, Lord, are yes, and they are amen. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We bless you. In John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, it says this, But to all who did receive Him, receive Jesus, and believed in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of the will of God. Believe Jesus. Believe in Jesus. And claim the right to be called a child of God. Because we are children of God, because we believe in Jesus, we have an inheritance from the Lord, an inheritance of eternal life. We had no value, we had no name, we had no voice because of sin. But because of Jesus, we have value. Jesus knows us by name and He is familiar with your voice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for for your love, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for your greatest gift. Our biggest inheritance. The Lord is our portion. The Lord is your portion. And the Lord is your inheritance. Thank you, Lord God. We claim the inheritance and we claim the promise of salvation. Thank you, Father. We bless you. This particular topic is about faith. Audacious faith to claim, to claim our inheritance. One verse continues to pop up in my heart. I'd like to share to you this Acts chapter 16, verse 31. It says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your entire household. Dare to believe. Amen. Dare to believe. This year, this year, God will encounter our loved ones more powerfully than the way He encountered us because God is faithful and this year we claim salvation for our loved ones because He who made the promise, He is faithful. Do you have the faith to believe? Do you have have the faith to dare to believe? Right now, let us pray. Lord, thank You. You are God. You are good. And we give You glory. Lord, Your Word will not return to You void. Right now, Father, we are receiving We are believing and we are claiming salvation for our loved ones, Lord. Be it upon us according to your word that we will be saved, we and our entire entire household. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you. Oh, we give you praise. We dare to believe because you are a faithful God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Can we give God glory? Can we give God praise? Woohoo! Yes! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, God! God is faithful. God is faithful. I want to pray one more time. Maybe you are here and you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'd like you... I won't ask you to lift your hands. I won't ask you to come forward. I'd like to ask you to pray. I'd like you to pray this simple prayer. And may it it come out from your heart. It's not by accident that you are here. God has an inheritance for you. 
God has a blessing for you. A blessing of eternal life. A blessing of forgiveness of sins. Jesus paid the price. God became man through Jesus Christ. He lived the life that we cannot live. He died the death that we should have died. Upon that cross, He took our place. He took our sins away and He gave us His righteousness. After three days, He rose again, proving that He is the Son of God and now He is offering forgiveness of sins and salvation to all who would repent and believe in His name. If this is you, you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, take this time. We will pray. Let's all pray. In fact, let's all pray. Let's pray this prayer. Join me as we pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. Lord, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive my sins, Lord? I believe Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world. Lord, would you take away my sins now? I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that Jesus is raised from the dead. Lord, thank you for your promise, the promise of eternal life. Thank you, Lord. I dare to believe. I believe and I claim what your word says. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.